DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are joined now by Steve Klauke, Salt Lake Bees, play-by-play voice. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line right now. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Steve. How are you? <laughs> All right, so behind the scenes, we've moved out of the auxiliary studio we are we have been in. We're back in the, the main studio, the quote-unquote normal studio, and Yach is now pushing buttons on the new board, hoping he can put a phone call on the air. <laughs> well, at least I can tell now he's done so successfully. Yes, winner! <laughs> winner! So, looks like it'll be a while before I get my normal workplace, but what the heck. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So we're curious, Steve. Baseball is restarting. For that matter, basketball is restarting. Uh, at this point, are you happy for whatever you can get in the world of sports, or this is kind of an odd year and will never really matter to you or you? You won't look at it the well, same way. I, I won't look at it the same way. It'll still matter somewhat, but uh, it, it just won't be the, the same. I mean, the abbreviated schedule in baseball. I mean, you, you think about baseball, they've always talked about it's a marathon, not a sprint. Well, in this case, it is a sprint. You know, at least the NBA, they're playing some games to get ready for the postseason. NHL starts a week from Saturday, and they're going right into the postseason. So it's going to be very, very strange, but... Uh, uh, unfortunately, I don't have any sports channels anymore, so I can't watch it. <laughs> well, so y- you can't watch soccer? I can't watch anything unless it's on one of the uh, regular channels. Hmm. By regular, do you mean over the air? One o- of the, over the air, yeah, broadcast yeah, networks? Yes. Two, of course, and then four, five, and 13. Yes, those are the only options I have. No ESPN? No, no. Budget cutbacks. We all know about budget cutbacks. Uh, I suppose so. (laughs) (laughs) We do. Steve knows more than he lets on. (laughs) I assume he does know. That's why he brought it up. Yes, it's a very strange, silent summer. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see some of the stuff that's uh, that's going on and see if, you know, for example, the, the managers change his strategy, wanting to, you know, uh, you know, every every game is important as far as baseball and an abbreviated schedule like this. It'll be uh, change the way they do things. Obviously, in the National League, is very different because uh, they're going to use the DH. And obviously, extra innings very different to the major leagues. Something that the minor leagues have done the last couple of years with that automatic runner at uh, second base to start an extra inning. Yeah, see, I don't have any problem with that. I know some purists, and I consider myself to a purist, but I guess I'm not a complete purist because putting a runner on base at the start of the extra inning, I really don't have a problem with that because it adds a whole new set of strategy. And I think that's what makes baseball the alluring sport for me, anyway, is the strategy involved. You know, because normally, if you're in the top of the tenth and a batter gets a double or gets on and steals, what have you, and there's a runner on second with no outs. The whole goal is to move them over so there's easier ways to score uh, from third on an out and what have you. Well, now, do they do that because you know full well one run may not be enough because the home team is going to get the same opportunity? And so that adds strategy on how to manage and what to do, and I find that more intriguing. 
Yeah, in a lot of ways, you're right. For example, what I've seen in the last couple of years with this rule is the visiting team, they don't, they don't try to move the runner over. They, need to, they feel that they need to score at least two runs to have a chance to win because more likely the home team is going to score with their runners. So uh, that from that standpoint, uh, uh, I mean, it's a dying part of baseball anyway, the sacrifice bunt, but you don't see it at all from the visiting team. Now, if they don't score, you'll see the home team move things over. I was very much against the rule at first, but I also understood the reason for it. It's gotten to the point where the pitch counts are so ridiculous in the minor leagues that by the 12th inning or so, if it goes that long, you see position players pitch, and I don't think anybody wants to see that. So it makes sense, and with this abbreviated schedule, I can see why Major League Baseball decided to to, to use it this year. So does uh, when the runners are second base, does anybody try to uh, just pull, you know, you, well, depending if you're left or right-handed, <clears throat> but do you try to hit behind the runner, get the hit that'll drive in the run, but even if you ground out to the second baseman, you move the runner over. So it's not a sacrifice, but it has the same impact. And if so, if everyone's doing that, does then everyone go to the, uh, you know, overload that side of the field? I, I think it just depends on the on the manager and, more importantly, the organization, if that's something that they want to do. Uh, some teams that I saw would try to do that, and then the defensive side would uh, uh, shift to the right side. But uh, there were other teams that said, swing away. We don't care what happens. We want you to drive in the run uh, uh, however you can. So I think uh, uh, from that standpoint, it's a situation where uh, I guess it depends on, on the visiting team and, and what kind of uh, style of play they like. So we have that. We put the runner on. You already referenced the DH. The scheduling is going to be more localized and regionalized, and uh, they've expanded the rosters. I'm not sure if there's any other changes that they're going to have. Do you anticipate any of these changes being able to stick? I, I re- Well, I, I think the agreement, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, that the National League next year would go back to, to no DH, although I, I really think in the long run the uh, designated hitter will stay in the National League or rejoin the National League at some point. Um, I, I'm, I'd be hard-pressed to think that they would keep that runner at second base rule, but I, I think it's been a success at the minor league level. I don't think we've seen – any games, I know the bees in the two years, uh, any game go past 11 innings or maybe one game with 12 innings. So to, to shorten the game from that standpoint and not have, you know, 18, 19 inning games, even though every, having that every once in a while is kind of magical, but for the most part, nobody likes it. Beat writers in particular because it, it pushes them way past their deadlines and all that. But I, I, I think they, they, there are some that would like to see that, but I really don't think that one's going to stay. I'm a little surprised that they are going to, because of the situation with the, the season as it is, that they're keeping the three batter minimum for relief pitchers. I, I, I don't, I don't like that. It takes away uh, strategy, and I, I just don't think that that's uh, that's good for baseball. Steve Klauke joining us as baseball gets ready to restart. And the Houston Astros scored 15 runs. Now, I assume in an empty ballpark, you can't get away with banging on a trash can. I don't think the Astros <laughs> could get away with it anywhere, anytime. But is there any chance, even though they acknowledge they were cheating, that maybe the cheating didn't matter that much and they're going to score so many runs this year that we're going to look at it, scratch our heads, and think, wow, they, they didn't actually need to need to do that to score all these runs. Is there any chance? Um, no. 
I don't, I don't think so. It, it's one of those. It was you know, I'd have to look at the box score to see uh, who Kansas City put in if it was uh, uh, part of the uh, the uh, taxi squad that uh, that was facing some of these hitters. I, I'd be curious to see if, if that were the case because so far most of the games that uh, have been played, the, the, these brief exhibition games have been played uh, fairly low scoring. I actually watched that game because I do have the network, and that game was on MLB Network, and I was watching some of that game there. So, and they did have their their regular lineups there. Uh, I'm, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, how was how was the the, the broadcast? Because obviously, like uh, what Bowler Jack and Locke are going to have to do, uh, those guys are uh, pretty much uh, broadcasting from remote spots, except for the local. TV and radio on home games. They can be in the ballpark, but other than that, uh, uh, everybody else is uh, from a distance. Yeah, I did watch uh, the Yankees and Mets. I watched uh, Dodgers and D-backs, and I had the D-back channel, and they were talking about how they were in Arizona, and the game was obviously in uh, Dodger Stadium. On the first night I watched uh, Yankees and Mets, uh, they weren't, uh, and I, I don't know the name of the play-by-play guys, those ESPN guys, I don't know who they are. Uh, I know their faces, but Eduardo Perez was in Miami, and I was telling DJ this, they picked the runner off, and uh, but they didn't show the throw, and you could hear the, uh, the play-by-play guy basically say, well, I think they threw it wild, because as you're watching the runner run to second, um, it is, as opposed to a straight steal, you know, you start to see him round the bag. And so the, the play-by-play guy knew. He didn't know where the ball was because he couldn't see it, but he was able to figure it out. So I think we may have some stuff like that. But I think folks are just going to deal with it uh, and just take it for what it's worth, understanding that it's not the fault of the announcers. And so I don't know how it's going to be with basketball, but maybe they may, there may be some stuff. It's a smaller dimensions, obviously, so maybe they won't miss as much. But that was something that the guy did miss, although he surmised what was happening. Which will be interesting because I've seen where the NBA is going to experiment with different camera angles, so it could be a little tough. I only have experience in doing something like that once, but that was back in the old days when we had the simulcast and radio wasn't getting the TV feed. Uh, from uh, from Hot Rod and Booner, so it was. Uh, uh, I, I just sat there in the studio and, and did it for about a half a quarter until we got the uh, the sound back. And uh, next home game, uh, Bobby Sloan, uh, uh, Jerry's first wife, came up to me and said, "You did a really good job on that uh, uh, play-by-play, but you guys need to turn the crowd mics up." <laughs> <laughs> Steve Clowkey joining us here. So the on-field stuff: who's going to win? Who's going to lose? And I know it's an extreme example, but watching the Yankees Sunday night, they win 6 nothing. they hit five home runs. Granted, some majestic, just massive tape measure home runs. But can you really bash your way all the way to the title? I, I think you can uh, bash your way to a regular season title. I, I think I don't know that the Yankees have the the pitching that would get them through the short series that they they need. It'll be you know it'd be interesting because I mean take a look at last year after 60 games the Washington Nationals the World Series champions wouldn't have even made the playoffs. They had such a poor record at that point. So obviously I think the big thing for anybody who has a chance to win and I think at this point because it's a short season everybody has a chance to win even the Detroit Tigers that and maybe even your Padres, that uh, you know, getting off to a great start can mean a, a world of good, get you into the playoffs. 
How serious is it a blow to everything involved that there was no B season? Uh, obviously, I think financially it was a very difficult uh, for the organization. Uh, obviously, the, the, the movie theaters were closed, the jazz, the concerts, everything else. So it's just a, a part of the, of the big puzzle. Obviously, the, the ushers, concessionaires, parking lot attendants, uh, uh, team staff, and what have you, uh, not getting paid uh, during the course of the summer. A lot of these people, uh, you know, count on, on that kind of salary. Obviously, from the comments I've seen, a lot of people miss just, you know, nobody, they like to see the bees win on the nights they go. But for the most part, uh, it's all about a beautiful evening at the ballpark and uh, and watching a ball game and talking with your friends and having a bite to eat or whatever. But uh, so from that standpoint, it, it's uh, just like a lot of things. It's just part of the summer puzzle that's missing. Steve Klauke, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Do you think the minor leagues as a whole, and I know there's a lot of different pieces to this puzzle, AAA, AA, Rookie League's got its own challenges, obviously. Does minor league baseball bounce back next year? Assuming, assuming society does, does, is minor league right there? Or does some of these organizations around the country uh, – take a, a, a big enough hit that there are going to be changes. I think there are going to be changes. The collective bargaining agreement with Major League Baseball expires September 30th, and it's pretty well documented that they're planning on uh, eliminating 42 teams from minor league baseball, basically taking away a couple of levels. So uh, you know, the guys you know, like Dave Baggett up in Ogden and uh, the Orem uh, folks, uh, those are teams that uh, never had a chance to say goodbye uh, because they're not going to play this year. And most likely the whole Pioneer League is going to be wiped out next year, as well as several other leagues and teams. You're going to see some rearranging at the AAA level, a lot of room Rumors going around that Fresno may be relegated down to A ball. They'll find another team to fill their spot at AAA, and maybe AAA will be three different leagues or one league with three different divisions, cutting down on the amount of travel that these teams have. And there are teams that were slated to be back next year that financially it's taken such a hit that they may not be able to survive and, and come back next year, which may change the landscape of some of the teams that are being dissolved. So what are the players doing right now? Not a, a whole lot. I think working out on their own, maybe the lucky ones who are a part of that 60-man uh, extended uh, roster getting to work out. I know uh, I think the Angels players are working out at Long Beach State. Uh, I'm not sure, for example, the Rockies, they were going to work out in uh, those extra players in Albuquerque, but Albuquerque's become a, a COVID hotspot, so the two teams uh, sent out a release yesterday that they're not going to work out in Albuquerque. So those guys are, are working out. I don't know if they're going to be playing any any games or what have you. I, I, I guess just a, a dream on my part, hoping to be able to do some games. I thought at one point back in maybe May that they would take this extra group of 30 players to have them ready for the season, maybe play a AAA schedule, but uh, that uh, didn't happen. And I don't think they're going to play any exhibition games because they are so uh, spread out and they want to reduce the travel. So these guys are basically just you know working out uh, with some of the coaching staffs and all that. And the guys who aren't a part of that, uh, they're doing whatever they can, I think, to, to make a buck and you know, give lessons and all that just to – to earn some money on top of the uh, most of the teams now are still paying these minor league players the the four hundred dollars a week stipend that they would normally get in spring training. So I'm curious, Steve, if uh, is the whole instructional fall league is that all going away? What about uh, for guys who play winter league go to the Caribbean? Is that is that going to happen? 
Uh, as of now, I think that part is happening. And from what I understand, like the instructional fall league may be expanded uh, and, and, and make it and bring in more people than you normally would, and, and maybe even some some guys that uh, uh, are are ahead of the game as far as development, but they want to give them some uh, a chance to play games and work out and uh, and, and fine tune their games. So I, I think we may see if everything gets better, because I don't think right now that. That's the case, but I think the plan is to uh, expand on the fall instructional league and, uh, and and give some more guys a chance to to work and, and make some money. And uh, you know, because a lot of these guys, it's not going to be easy to bounce back from a, a year off of uh, development. So I think as far as the NBA, whoever wins the thing, to me, that's going to be legitimate because they played enough games and they're not going to play quite 82, but they played enough basically and they're going to play off. It's going to be the same. And, uh, you know, I realize it's not going to be travel and home games, whatnot, but it's all going to be equal. So to me, whoever wins, they're, you know, they deserve to have that title for this season. How would you view baseball as far as whoever wins the World Series, given that it's going to be a really truncated season? You know, it's it's funny. Once I think, obviously, getting to the playoffs might be easier for some than others in in regards to having the shortened season, teams that are built for the long haul. But I think once you get to the postseason, everything uh, reverts back to the way it was. So, uh, yeah, I I think, uh, I mean, everybody will remember 2020's champion. I don't think there needs to be an asterisk or anything, but I think that – uh, they will uh, uh, be remembered as oh yeah the shortened season champions uh, much like uh, uh, the Spurs in the in the strike shortened season in the NBA. So then, like the Spurs, does it matter who wins it if it's somebody who's busy winning you know three times in six or seven years or whatever? I mean, the Spurs obviously won five over right. about fifteen years. So you're like, well, somebody would have been the best team if they'd played eighty two games, and it probably could have been the Spurs because look, they did it all these other years too. Yeah, I, I think so. I think, you know, if, if the Yankees or the Dodgers or um, the Nationals come back and win it again, that, that would be one thing. Uh, but, if, say, the Detroit Tigers uh, come up and, and win it or the Mariners come up and win it, then, then you know, people will raise an eyebrow and think, well, you know, they were the beneficiary of, uh, of the truncated season. Well, Steve, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us this morning, and uh, we'll keep you up to date on uh, what's broadcast. I know uh, you know that's going to limit your options, but there's still some stuff out there. Uh, Channel 2, CBS Sports has the uh, NWSL Women's Soccer Championship game. That'll interest you. I know one of the camera people. That's about it. <laughs> well, also, Steve, right now, RSL is losing 1-0. Not 1-0, zip. 1-0, as you know to the Kansas City Ball Club. So uh, there's about uh, 30 minutes to go or so. So if you want to just text me, I'll give you updates on all the action. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's an early morning for the guys. Staying out of the Orlando heat and humidity. One morning game, two evening games. That's well, their, that's that, their that, schedule. That, that, that's been an interesting part because I do get phone calls every once in a while from my son who's in the bubble as well. <laughs> Getting some good stories. Well, the the one that I, I can tell is the fact that the, my uh, my daughter wasn't very happy with him the other day. He called her. It was about midnight Orlando time, ten o'clock here, and he was uh, talking to her. And she goes, well, "What are you doing?" And he goes, "Oh, just walking around the lake." And she screams into the phone, "Adam, a kid was eaten by an alligator at that lake. Get away from there!" Ooh. <laughs> 
And he says, well, don't worry, there's signs that say, uh, beware of the alligators. And she goes, yeah, but the alligators can't read those signs. <laughs> alligators and snakes, I've seen the signs. People have put them up on social media. It's a little unnerving, quite it's frankly. It's Florida. I know, yeah, it is. Exactly, Steve. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. Thank you, Steve. Uh-huh. All right, there's Steve Klucky, voice of the... Salt Lake Bees, and uh, it's a bizarro summer for everybody, certainly a bizarro summer for baseball. And it is, uh, it'll be interesting to see it shake out. It's kind of hard to believe Fresno wouldn't have AAA. That's a pretty big town to not have AAA baseball, PK. I don't understand why they wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't get the rationale behind why that would happen. I have no idea how that would work. Fresno and Sacramento are close enough. They had always worked for the A's and the Giants. They, I thought had been uh, those were pretty good set- setups for those teams. But all right, DJ and PK, it's ninety-seven five at twelve eighty the zone. Joe Ingles at nine o'clock. Stay with us. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Utah Jazz will wear a patch on to the life and legacy of former head coach Jerry Sloan. The patch will have the number 1223 on it, signifying the total number of wins Sloan had as head coach, 1,223. Clippers lose guard Patrick Beverly as he leaves the NBA bubble in Orlando due to an emergency personal matter. He intends to rejoin the team at some point in the future. The Clippers propose new basketball arena and takes another steps towards becoming a reality. Inglewood City Council unanimously approving the environmental impact report for what is being called the Inglewood Basketball and Entertainment Center. Lakers guard Alex Caruso skipped his older sister's wedding to continue preparation for the NBA restart. He likely would have been subject to a 10-day quarantine after returning to the bubble because of COVID situation, COVID-19 situation in Texas where the wedding was. Also, the Will family owns the Minnesota Vikings, emerging as a top candidate to buy the Minnesota Timberwolves franchise from owner Glenn Taylor. Former Timberwolves star Kevin Garnett forming a group with hopes of buying the team as well. That's your back to basketball update presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on The Zone Sports Network. David Locke, I know you talk to a lot of people about how these players are doing in the bubble. How are they holding up with some of the things that they have to do? Where are they as far as the enjoyment level they may be having? The word throughout the quarantine I got was that Rudy had really just gone to work. Like, I think out of embarrassment, maybe, you know, with everything that took place and, mm-hmm. and just being in the spotlight that he had just gone to work. You know, he's got a gym in his house. He's got people. Um, I think he self-quarantined after that whole thing, and then obviously he wasn't maybe you know, we don't know, but people thought he wasn't quite at risk as some others, and that he's went to work to hear word that he's been dominating. Um, the Jazz has done a lot of five-on-five good runs, from what I've heard, so a lot of really positive reports about the atmosphere, the environment, and the play of the Jazz so far. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. So, PK, I'm curious, before we get back to the sports, 
At the end of The Godfather, they roll right into Godfather 2? Just put them on back-to-back? Keep the story going? No. Oh, really? That always seemed no, like brilliant programming. 310 Yuma thing. Okay. Well, never mind then. <sighs> Question of the morning. Utah Jazz. Are you in? 48 hours out. You geared up? You fired up? You ready to go? Or this just isn't doing it for you? It's work for us, PK. Of course we're in. We're happy to have games to talk about. If we can't have a game, we'll take a scrimmage. Thank you very much. Especially because there's only three of them over five days. I'm always in, though. I mean, I'm never out. Never. Off-season draft, free agent moves, trades, whatever. Bring it. Yeah, I have the great fortune of having it be my hobby and also be my way to make a living. And that, I don't know, that for me, outside of actually playing, is uh, anything better. Now, I can't, you know, I wasn't going to be in management. I didn't have a father to open the door for me. Boom! Very very little chance, not that that's the only way to get in. Yeah, and you have to see you as a baseball scout, bird-dogging it. I always thought that I would like to just be one of those guys in the dugout in uniform that just, come on, have, have, have a go, but have no responsibility. <laughs> two down, two down, two down, one more. You know? <laughs> Bench coach. <laughs> yeah, but doesn't really do anything. You know? <laughs> I wouldn't want to be on the bases, you know, have somebody get picked off and I'm daydreaming or something, uh, or certainly not third base coach. Oh, my gosh. You send him home or not. <laughs> Forget that. <laughs> I wouldn't want that at all. And I couldn't be in a bullpen as you get older, catching those guys. Forget it. Uh, take one off the face. Uh, so that's out. Maybe the bullpen guy who answers the phone. <laughs> Bob, get loose. <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> you know, when they call out there, uh, which is so antiquated. Why don't they just text? <laughs> <laughs> But, no, I'd like to be the bench coach sitting next to the manager. Hey, yeah, man, what are you going to do, man? We got, uh, you know, they're probably going to bring in this left-hander. You want to send up uh, Joe to pinch hit? Yeah, you want to go tell him to get loose, get underneath the stands, take a few hacks? I can do that. Uh, but other than that, you know, I'm doing precisely what I'd want to do. But even if I wasn't, because I've been such a fan and I use the fan. When I say the word fan, I use the word in a different context than most people use the word fan because they view a fan of fill-in-the-blank team and you're a diehard and you live and die by those that particular team and the results of whatever the games are. That's not my definition of fan. I understand that's most people's definition of fan. For whatever reason growing up, my definition of fan has been a fan of the sports or whatever sport it might be, and I use the word sports plural, you know, football. But I used to just go whatever season was at the time. That was my favorite, although I never really had a hardcore rooting passion for individual teams, but I had hardcore interest in the actual sports, whatever they may be. And so even if I wasn't doing this as a job, because obviously I hadn't been doing this as a job my whole life, you know, close to my whole adult life, yes, Although when I first got in the business, you know, working at Casa Grande, the paper's so small, you're pretty much you're doing everything, right? You're covering city council one night and high school football the next, you know, because the staff is so small. And that's why it's great to have the training that I got back there. I'm very grateful for the tra- training that I had all those years ago 
because it was broad-based, but I was still very, very much into it. So the fact that they're coming back, yeah, absolutely, I'm interested in it. Now you add on and throw on the fact that, well, it's the Jazz, and by, uh, I don't know, requirement, I guess, professional requirement, you could say, uh, I've got to be into it. Even if I'm not into it, I've got to be into it. Well, I have no problem being into it. It's never arduous. I haven't worked a day in years. Do you realize that? Yes. <laughs> I do. So it's so sweet. I've never oh I gotta go to work today. I've never I've never felt that I haven't felt that in years and years. And uh, you know, I count myself extremely grateful for that for sure. So I'm gonna be into it. And then you throw in the fact that it's so unusual. You know, hopefully we never see this again in our lifetime. That would in be good. Everyone's lifetime. That it never would be happens good. Again, yeah, absolutely. You got right. unit. You got unity in the community on that one. Nobody wants to do this again. So this literally could be a once in a lifetime deal. And just just out of the curiosity of the odd, I'm interested in it because it's bizarre. It's nothing like anything we've seen. It's like a hockey game and on a football field. It doesn't have field. to be the Jazz. Hockey game on a football field yeah, on New Year's uh, Day. Yeah, and, and that, no, that's been a tradition now. But the, yeah, that was that was interesting at the start when they did that. Uh, now it's it's commonplace. They do it every year, Fenway Park or what have you, and uh, we're used to that. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's a little bit different. Uh, so. You, you know, if you're into hockey, you have a sense of intrigue into this. I have an enormous amount of intrigue into this. So we got a lot of people saying they can't wait. There's a segment of the fan base that's fired up, and then you say, well, you, you are going to wait. You can. You're not going to keel over because of the excitement of oncoming NBA basketball that isn't here yet. And Tyler tweets back at us, I can wait, but I wish I didn't have to. Is that okay with you, PK? He wants your approval. Yes. Now, obviously, we're just we're just having fun with the I can't wait. You hear that? Well, yes, you you can wait, and you will wait. <laughs> so we're just having fun with it. But, yeah, I prefer not to wait. But I can wait. And, that, and that's the thing about for me, too, is I, I never want to wish away whatever time frame I'm in. So it comes when it comes. Like, I, I think it's uh, stupid that they play the – I think this year – Hopefully they do, obviously. The college semifinals, I think they're going to be January 1, and then they don't play till the 11th or something like that. Uh, uh, January 11th would be the title game. That seems like an inordinate amount of time. And we see that with the NBA first-round playoffs. You know, they just they play a game on a, on a Sunday, and they don't play again until Thursday or what have you. That seems ridiculous to me. But, you know, just grin and bear it, and time goes on. Time Time is the same no matter what. It's the same for everybody. I realize for some it may seem quicker or not, but in reality, it is literally the same for everyone. So you go and you, you find other things to do, and then when it comes time, you ramp it up, and you're ready to go. And that's the way I'll view this here. I would like uh, one preseason game and play, or not preseason, but practice game, and extend it out to 10 real games. But they're not going to do it. I can live with it either way. And the plus the Jazz, to me, the Jazz have some extra intrigue because how many teams are missing a key player to the level of Bogdanovich? There's some that are missing guys. Obviously, we know the Lakers. I just saw the Bagley kid is going to be out. Uh, Justice Winslow, 
that's going to be out. But I don't know that the Bagley may end up being better than Bogdanovich, but he's just barely getting started now for Sacramento. So have to see how it is in a few years. But I don't know that there's a player the caliber of Bogdanovich who's not going to be there. And yet, the old Kyle Whittingham, nobody cares about your injuries. Uh, you have to play, and scores are going to be kept. So you've got to find a way to overcome it. Right? Half you, the people do? half the people don't care about your problems, and the other half are glad you have them. Kyle said that one. Yeah, and then you put in the extra ten percent that uh, beyond that, you know, hmm. and you're giving one hundred ten percent. So with that in mind, how these guys are expected to win They're, at, at the pro level, and really at the college level now? Yeah, so and so got injured, but what are you going to do? To me. The, the only time that I really just say, oh, well, they have no chance because of injuries, uh, if you get multiple, like the year LeBron lost Love and Irving, okay. Yeah, Last yeah. year, you saw the Warriors losing Curry, uh, Durant. Uh, uh, Thompson, and, Thompson. Thompson and Durant, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, you got me there. <laughs> or uh, in football – and you don't see it as much in the pros, but in the colleges, if you are down to your third-team quarterback. Now, most teams, they don't have three good quarterbacks. The Cougars last year somehow won games with a third-team quarterback, and that was against all probability uh, that they did it. But usually, if you get down to your third-team guy, because of the fact they've got the restrictions on the 20 hours and so forth. In my mind, when you get down to your third-team guy, your chances of winning are pretty slim. I realize Ohio State did it a while back. Uh, They're Ohio State, and BYU did it. But it was very improbable, which made it all the more exciting when they beat Boise State with the fact that they had a third-team quarterback because it was – it was extremely improbable, and that made it to me the intrigue versus that on that went through the roof. So this kid's coming off the bench, hadn't played at all, and he quarterbacks them to a win over a quality of a team like Boise. So I did do give you an excuse here, but and if the Jazz should lose another guy or two, well, yeah, okay, fine, then they probably have no shot. But right now, I give them a shot to be competitive. I believe they can be competitive, and I am expecting that they are competitive. Joe Ingles is going to join us 9.05. He's about 20 minutes away. Coming up next, the governor wants to stop college football in the state. Already talking to the schools to tell you about that, how it impacts at least one and maybe two of the local teams. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. show Thursday from 2 to 6 at the warehouse at 86 East University Parkway in Orem. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! 
All right, PK, the governor of New York asked uh, the governor of New York, the governor of New Mexico asking the uh, Lobos and the Aggies to suspend fall sports, including football in New Mexico State, of course, has been mentioned. If BYU has to play the independent only schedule, then New Mexico State's a potential potential opponent. Obviously, New Mexico's in the same division as Utah State, so they're playing every year. But uh, despite the fact that they're scheduled to play, uh, the governor is asking them to reconsider. The letter was obtained by the Albuquerque Journal. It says, uh, the quote here is, it's critical that you postpone collegiate athletics in this moment of escalating danger. Now, when we had on the writer from Alabama, he was saying uh, he wasn't convinced that the governors in those states was going to let those schools play. And and obviously, uh, football is not nearly as important in New Mexico, even a fraction of the importance that it, it carries through Alabama, Louisiana, and Florida. But uh, you just got to wonder when you see this, if it's the first domino. Well, I don't know who the governor of New Mexico is, but let me guess. That governor, he or she is a Democrat. Yes. <laughs> governor Michelle, Michelle Lujan Grissom. So, there uh, you go. Who knew, huh? I know what I'm asking you to contemplate is difficult and unprecedented, but these are difficult and unprecedented times. Yes, they are. Now, that doesn't mean she's not legitimate, but... It's not a surprise that... Uh, the person who would go first would be a Democrat is not surprising, but the question before us is, is this one lone domino, or is this the first of many dominoes to fall and that everybody's going to end up in the same place? Uh, and if everybody it. ends up in the same place, at that point, party affiliation isn't nearly as interesting and controversial if they're all going to end up on the, on the same page. Correct. But, uh, Yock, I don't know if it was to you or just to me, but in the break, he was telling me some... Texas was saying they're planning to go. And I don't know if he was reading the president, the AD. So that was the AD. The Chris Del Conte it, was yeah, to both of us. He was Kirk talking to Bowles, me too. the columnist down there, Austin American Statesman, with the tweet that had the quote in it. Said, no, I do not know. Is the governor of Texas a Democrat or Republican? A Republican. Republican. Yep, Abbott. Ah, avid. An avid Republican, no Abbott. less. And An avid Republican? Or Democrat? His or Abbott? Name. What are you saying? His last name is Abbott. Governor Abbott. Uh, Abbott? Yep. Oh, I mean, I'm not into politics. I, don't, I have no idea. Soccer update for you. Sporting Kansas City just scored again. Phew. All right. I, I got to go. I got to call Clowkey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not suggesting that uh, they are wrong just because of that, but in my mind, the way everything I view politically... I'm interested. What is your affiliation? Because I think it factors in. Doesn't mean it's exclusive, but I'm willing to say that, and then I take the heat for it. I get it. That, but that's my thought, and I, I got to be honest in in my dealings with my fellow listeners, or else uh, I don't have anything. I mean, you can agree, disagree with me. That's that's fine. But I need to uh, be aware of where they're coming from. What does that mean? I'm not sure because I am not a doctor. I have no training on this. I do everything that they say to do with the mask and the distancing and whatnot. And I pay attention to all that stuff. But when I see these other things here, 
it makes me wonder, okay, yeah, but what's it would have been, the deal? It would have been a safe bet, given what the president has said, that uh, over time, about opening the economy, that the first governor who would want to do this would be a Democrat. A Republican governor would get more pushback. So the, the fact that, sure. you know, no matter what somebody is thinking privately about what they're going to do and whether they're going to do it in a week or two weeks, the fact that this would be, A, from a governor who's a Democrat is not surprising, B, that it would come in a state that is either uh, playing FBS football, but at a pretty low level, or just not playing, uh, you know, there's probably, I don't know what there are, 10 to 15 states that that uh, have one AA, that, you know, the uh, championship subdivision level, you know, uh, Montana, the Dakotas, Alaska, Maine, you know, Vermont, New Hampshire, you know, that it would be one of those states. Uh, you know, I mean, that that seems kind of obvious. Yeah, and I have my uh, doubts whether the sport can continue, and it's regardless of uh, affiliation. Uh, I don't belong to any party, uh, and I'm, I'm nervous about it. But I think they're going to try. I really do. I think they're. I think my my bet is we would see some games, How but not many? a full season. We're going to see four to six well, games for a club. You know, well, the, well, yeah, right now the Pac-12 is already not planning to play a full season. Even if it plays its new full season, it's not a real full season. You know what I mean? So, yeah, ten, it's 10, not 12. Already right. there's, there's two games. I mean, they use, well, 10 used nine. to be. Uh, well, I thought they were going to add the 10th game, though. Well, they haven't done it for sure. As of today, it's nine. Maybe they do, but they haven't. So... Already, even if they just play the conference only, as of today, they're three games short. Stewart. Maybe they add in one, they're still two games short. So either way, it's not going to be a full season. But tell me what Stuart Mandel said. Right in the mailbag, he says, uh, he gets a question here. Do you think there's one or two conferences literally go it alone and play if everyone else quits? Will the dominoes fall once a Power 5 conference calls it quits? And he says, we may be a week or so away from finding out, so I'm going to officially go there for the first time. I don't believe the Pac-12 is going to play football this fall. The stars aren't aligning. California's cases, hospitalizations, deaths keep rising. Arizona is still a mess. Half the conference schools are in those two states. Actually, 60%, but let's not quibble. Six out of the... Oh, no, that is six out of 12. I'm in the Pac-10. What is wrong with me? should have trusted Stewart. I shouldn't do math on the radio. We've learned that before. <laughs> so anyway, his prediction right there is uh, no Pac-12. That hasn't happened yet, but that, that it will get called. And so, you know, to this with the headlines out of New Mexico here, basically just, well, they're going there first because it's easy for them because football isn't as big a deal. There isn't going to be as much uh, public backlash. It's just an easier call there. Yeah, and Stewart very well could be right. You know, who knows? I don't know. I hope he's wrong, <laughs> but he, he very well, he's guessing to an extent. He's using some form of logic, though. Yeah. But it is still basically uh, some form of a guess, which is what we're all doing. Right. Yeah. Having, so not, a, having not lived through a pandemic before, I don't even know how much of an educated guess it is. I guess that depends on your medical background. You know, we know what we read. You were pre-med on Friday nights. I wasn't at all. So... I mean, this is awfully unprecedented, groundbreaking times to be out there making a bunch of definitive predictions on how this is going to go. Uh, he does go on to say that if the Pac-12 goes and stop, if the Pac-12 stops, the other four Power Five leagues will just keep going. He said where it gets dicey is if the Big Ten 
were to follow the Pac-12 and not go, then maybe you're getting close to you know, the, the pendulum swinging all the way for everybody. Do you feel guilty at all ripping off the athletic, reading all this stuff and not paying for it? No, not really. And yet, if people knew your political party, they'd be shocked. Well, you've already announced it on the air multiple times. So. Well, it's public record. I don't have to announce anything. All you got to do is look it up. Purpley, right? <laughs> don't blame me. DJ and PK, we got to take a break. It's 9 o'clock. Joe Ingles is coming up next. Stay with us.